Welcome to episode 18 of the Busted Limes podcast. I'm your host, Parish Maharaj, and joy to be once again, as usual, is my buddy Black Belt. How you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. And also joining us once again, Grant from the Blade Licking Thieves and One Piece podcast. How you doing, Grant? Hey guys, thanks for having me back. It's great to be here. Once again, I have invaded your space. <laughs> your presence is always welcome here. But oh man, listeners, it has been 10 years since the Pandora box was discovered on Mars and caused the Skywall tragedy. Our country was divided into Toto, Seto, and Hokuto, resulting in untold chaos. I'm doing sick motorcycle tricks in the background. You can't see it, though. Everybody's there, <laughs> just out of frame, cheering me on. <laughs> I am punching math. the math is breaking through the wall oh no (laughs) okay in case any of us is wondering what the hell we're talking about today we are talking about one of the best pieces of fiction i have ever consumed my introduction into tokusatsu and common rider common rider build Yes. Yeah, I binged a Common Rider build uh, end of last year, and it hooked me all the way through mm-hmm. a wild ride from start to finish. And to explain how Parish and I got on that ride, actually, um, turns out our Troll Hunter episode was a bit of a gateway drug for us into Tokusatsu, <laughs> because <laughs> if you don't follow Grant on Twitter, um, one thing you might not know is that he follows the Tokusatsu Gifts Twitter account, and mm-hmm. if you follow Grant, he's going to retweet all of the coolest shit from that. And <laughs> Yes, I am. <laughs> I've been, I mean, my awareness of Tokusatsu has mostly just been knowing it as like, oh yeah, Super Sentai, that's like the Power Ranger source material, but I never really got into it because I thought, oh, pirating, it's too difficult. But seeing all of the cool shit from Kamen Rider, which I had much less of a frame of reference for coming mm-hmm. through the Tokusatsu gifts, eventually I did eventually just tweet at Grant. He's like, okay, you've convinced me. How do I get into Kamen Rider? That's how I get and, them all, baby. Yep. <laughs> I'm, and, uh, I'm a pusher. <laughs> yeah, a very successful one at that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it's I been, watched... It's been a real pleasure watching you guys slowly descend into Tokusatsu through oh, yeah. this. Like, yes, good, good. <laughs> yeah. So after yeah. Build, I have since watched uh, Kamen Rider O's and uh, recently just watched the first couple episodes of Double, both mm, yes, extremely yes, yes. fantastic. And yeah, I uh, anything that I become hopelessly obsessed with, I have to drag Parish into as well. <laughs> Hence this episode. But Grant, I actually want to hear from you a little bit about uh, how your Tokusatsu journey began, because you've been much more into this than we have for much longer and uh if there's one thing i've learned the last few months is that getting into tokusatsu as an american fan not an easy process yeah that that that's part of it isn't it um so for me it starts like most folks of my vintage in that i was precisely the correct age an elementary schooler when mighty morphin power rangers first aired i remember that summer seeing like the commercials on fox kids and i was like dinosaur robots they combine like voltron i have to see this and of course it became the biggest thing in my life for a long long time um i stuck with power rangers up through about turbo or so like seeing the movies and stuff um and then uh after that i kind of fell off of it and moved on to other things although i always had sort of a fondness for it i would check in every now and then just to kind of see what was happening but i didn't really follow anything religiously um and then 
you know, in college, I had also in a similar vein, I was like, you know what, I, I know there was, you know, having been a child uh, who enjoyed anime and uh, kaiju movies and martial arts movies and stuff, it was pretty clear to me, um, even in Mighty Morphin, like whenever they had, I mean, of course, she went by Rita Repulsa, but uh, Bandora the Witch is um, quite obviously, you know, speaking another language, and they're just sort of dubbing over. And I was like, oh, you know, I, mm -hmm. I knew pretty early on, like, this is, this is adapted from something from somewhere else. Um, so I tried to get into it, but had trouble torrenting and just kind of wasn't super comfortable with it at the time. So I'd seen a few episodes of random Toku, uh, like I'd seen an episode of Zoo Ranger, um, but I, I didn't really follow it too heavily. But then a few years ago, I guess really before I joined fandom proper uh, in the new space here with podcasting and all that, um, I realized I was just sort of randomly surfing around and i was like oh my gosh ultraman the uh the original 67 show is just on hulu like you can just watch it um and so i was like okay i'll, I'll watch that and i watched it and was completely hooked uh fell in love with the stuff all over again and uh kind of went on a tear um doing anything and everything i could to watch as many shows as possible which involved obviously uh, uh not always the most legal of means but that's just the way it is um <laughs> but I, I i soon watched a lot of super sentai common rider ultraman um and of course i've, I've seen i say a lot I've, I've seen more than most folks but i mean there's still just there's so much because you know they're putting out new seasons every year so there's plenty out there to watch but um i i became pretty addicted to it pretty quickly uh and have become a pusher uh constantly trying to get others into it uh ever since because it's just it's really exciting and uh and great and wonderful stuff and of course it involves a lot of my favorite things so uh it's really great to um to to now be podcasting about it uh on my own and also uh, seeing others take that journey for the first time um, because it's so exciting in many ways that we will discuss later. But uh, yeah, so it, uh, even though I'm only really a, a relatively recent convert, it doesn't matter uh, ultimately. Just you can start wherever. And um, if, if it's your first time, like congratulations, that's the way it is for a lot of folks. Like <laughs> it is designed, most seasons are designed to be enjoyed by, um, you know, small children and sell them plastic toys. So there's not a whole lot of continuity. You just kind of pick one you think looks cool and you jump in. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And um, I, I can't believe I forgot to mention this when um, I was mentioning your credentials because I was, I was just so excited to talk about this show. But you <laughs> actually do host another podcast, uh, the Super Senpai podcast, I think it is. Correct, correct. Uh, Pat and yeah. I uh, yeah. go through and review uh, Tokusatsu series together. Uh, our first was Lupin Ranger vs. Pat Ranger, which was a uh, sort of uh, cops and robbers Sentai season from about three years ago. And we've done a few other things, but we've also... Um, uh, we're currently doing Ultraman Mabius, uh, which is a very well-beloved um, uh, series from that, I guess, stream of tokusatsu. Because there's, the, you know, as with anything, uh, there's a couple of major spaces, and there's a lot of indie and smaller stuff and all, all over the world. And then you get into, like, okay, what counts as tokusatsu? And, it, you know, it can get very esoteric. But it's, in general, it's, uh, you know, spandex-clad. Uh, or lycra-clad uh, superheroes uh, from Japan, but there's obviously a, a much bigger world the more you get into it. You know, it, it's more complicated than that, as it always is. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of bigger worlds and, comp and being complicated, Kamen Rider Build is legitimately one of those shows that I would put on par with... And Honestly, side note, I hate to compare it to Avatar The Last Airbender in terms of quality kids' TV, but I, but I feel like that's the comparison is almost... 
I don't, I, inevitable, I guess, because that, that because what other frame of reference do we really have? Yeah, I mean, there's newer stuff when people talk about, like, you know, high bar for children's shows they talk about. I think recent stuff is, like, Steven Universe, Gravity Falls, She-Ra, which I yeah, haven't watched yeah. very closely. But, I mean, I think generally when you talk about having a high bar for um children's media, like, I think things you look for is themes that, you know you can generally appreciate it all ages regardless of complexity mm-hmm. and you know sort of a sense of taking your audience seriously and not necessarily watering down what you're trying to sell to them like right exactly i think in the, on the topic of common writer build specifically um something that i think made the show resonate with me and hook me so quickly two things um first thing it took me a couple episodes to realize that unlike a lot of other tokusatsu or kids shows in general common writer build after the first few episodes doesn't actually follow a super rigid monster of the week format which you know allows it to be much more mm-hmm. um plot driven and character driven which i really enjoyed because you know part of the reason the show was so e- easy to binge is pretty much every episode leaves you wondering what's going to happen next mm-hmm. and the episode structure is much less um you know predictable than you might you know remember from watching power rangers as a kid because there's no guaranteed okay it's the last five minutes time to get in the robots and fight the giant version of the monster it's very varying um plot structures between episodes which is refreshing and you know now with the frame of reference of having watched other common writer media i'm aware that now that's actually a bit of a divergence i think from other common writer series as well yeah yeah, that, that's all good points and probably worth bringing up because I think a lot of folks are going to be familiar with Power Rangers and understand the story beats, right? Like Power Rangers is the multicolored team stuff. They fight monsters on the ground. They get in robots and fight the big monsters. And, you know, it's a kind of weekly uh, formula where, okay, they have to solve some problem this week and the monster's probably themed around, you know, some moral lesson we have to learn, right? People are, are at least right. through cultural osmosis probably familiar with that uh, setup. And Super Sentai, which is the series that... Um, uh, Power Rangers is is a, taking or adapting its footage from is uh, obviously it's a little it, it's a it's very very different uh, by and large but it at least roughly follows that same format it's a team show that is about the ensemble cast you know and is going to focus on certain themes and then most of these series are somewhere in the ballpark of forty to fifty episodes usually on the higher end closer to fifty um, and uh, but that the Power Rangers uh, is or I should say Power Rangers or Super Sentai is really focused in on that kind of multi-tiered element. You're going to have the characters on foot battling a lot. You're going to have vehicles like usually motorcycles or their kind of individual zords or whatever. And then you're also going to have the giant combiner fight stuff and that kind of three tiers of combat with lots of different, you know, stuff in between the suits and transformations and powers and all that. That, But that general format is there for Super Sentai. Kamen Rider is also produced by Toei, uh, like Super Sentai is, but it doesn't really have the giant monster component. There's no kaiju. If There's uh, mostly just the sort of ground-level stuff with, with kaiji and the, the smaller ones. Um, and usually, you know, Kamen Rider literally just means masked rider, so there's usually right. a, motor, a motorcycle right. involved in some way, um, based on the original uh, by Shotaro Shinomori. Um, but Common Rider usually, whereas Super Sentai focuses on uh, pretty relatable themes, even for you know sort of American superhero comics with you know teamwork and camaraderie and the team having to come together and the particular relationships between certain team members or enemies or what have you. Common um, Rider, again, each season is its own thing. But Common Rider usually has to, something to do with 
the special suit, and usually some kind of theme around, uh, you know, human weapons in some way, whether it's what happens when you become a human weapon or whether, you know, some group experiments on someone to make them a weapon or, you know, it, there's, there's some kind of element of the cost of being, uh, you know, a human weapon of some kind. And obviously that's going to vary a whole lot, but that's usually a, a recurring theme uh, for Common Rider. And you're going to get into this thing where, um, you know, within Tokusatsu fandom, there's always, there's always arguments among people about, you know, oh, which one is the more serious one or adult one or whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, this is, again, children's media. Um, it is ultimately about selling mm-hmm. plastic singing belts to children. But as you guys mentioned, like with mm-hmm. Avatar, it is long form and serialized. And it obviously there are times when it's, you know, as I as I like to say, the two moods are this is for children and this is for children, right? It's kind of those yeah. two <laughs> warring <laughs> themes where it's like, okay, you're, this mm-hmm. guy is a he's half vacuum cleaner, half lion. You're clearly trying to sell me a toy, but then four minutes later, you're watching someone you know disappear into existential memory shards while their lover holds them in their hands and you're like whoa this got yeah. heavy for six-year-olds real fast uh, and that's in the same episode uh so um but common writer build is uh like most common writers about human weapons again the, as you mentioned earlier in the intro there's the war right and the wall and all that stuff but the mm-hmm. one of the things that differentiates uh build i should say differentiates it is um what we'd call a writer war season where you have you don't just have one writer. You have multiple writers often battling one another. Um, and those tend to be pretty po- – well, it's hard to say. Everybody's got their favorites and their darlings. But writer war seasons tend to be pretty exciting because you have lots of uh, cool suits and lots of cool suits punching each other. Uh, and you, you don't have to – even though I'm a big fan of the Monster of the Week stuff, you don't have to lean into the monsters quite as much because you can have – uh, the heroes fighting each other, quote unquote, and that's exciting too for different reasons. So oh, yeah. that's that's part of what like, makes it so exciting is the writer war element for sure draws bef- in that drama. Yeah. And before we get too far into um, the next part, I think probably a good idea at this point, um, about seventeen minutes in, to quickly summarize the premise of the show that we're discussing for, sh- for, for those sure. who are- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So common yeah. writer build yeah. as um Parish uh, rattled off at the beginning of the episode is um. This common writer season from I believe 2017, Correct, and 2017, yeah. and then they usually run over a little bit. So I think this yeah. one ran into 2018, if memory serves. Yeah, because they usually start like in the middle of the year. Yeah, usually, yeah, yeah. yeah. That and so the premise is essentially that 10 years before series start, um, and space expedition landed a drone, landed a manned expedition on Mars and brought back a Martian artifact that on Earth essentially exploded and raised a giant wall called the sky wall that split japan into three separate nations and at the time of the series these three nations are essentially at war with each other over um resources and um the original uh, martian artifact known as pandora's box that caused the sky wall to appear and during all this you have the main character uh kiryu sento who um is common rider build and sort of the transformation gimmick slash main toy they're trying to sell for this season is um so common riders always use belts to transform and the gimmick for this season is sento has um the bottles that he puts into his belt to transform and they are all in pairs called best matches which is usually a combination of an animal and some kind of machine that Mm -hmm. and his um yeah and that's kind of where sort of the um 
versatility of the fight scenes comes in because he has such a diverse power set that he's constantly cycling through based off of what he's fighting as well mm-hmm. as you know the merchandise driving which is collect all 60 bottles to use with Absolutely. your build driver toy which <laughs> I mean, and of course and all um, the different color combos for the figures you can yeah. sell now because you yeah. can combine those suit colors in so many different ways oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah oh, you know, got a mix and match yeah. to get them all mm-hmm. of course yeah and um <laughs> I'll go ahead and establish this right before we go any further. Are we just going all... We're going to go all out with spoilers, right? Because, I mean, it's hard to discuss. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Fair warning. Kamen Rider Build is a very plot twist heavy series. So it's nearly impossible to discuss anything past episode 16 without spoiling something major. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, this is your warning. Um, If you (laughs) don't want to um, get spoiled on the entirety of the season, skip to the end where um, we won't tell you how to watch this series if you're listening, Toei. <laughs> we definitely will not be helping people consume your product. Why would we Certainly do that? Not. No, no, Never. no, 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 no. But, um, no, yeah. not at all. <laughs> but just to give, but summarize my thoughts uh, before we get to the spoilers about whether you should watch it, uh, yes, uh, I said at the beginning that it's legitimately one of the best pieces of fiction that I have ever consumed. So, yes. Good, um, good. Oh, yeah. I have yes, not yes. been this emotionally invested in a narrative in a very long time. Mm-hmm. And um, when we get to the ending, I'll talk more about that, but I will say this is one of those endings where it's very bittersweet because it's a satisfying ending, but you're sad the series is over because you want to keep spending time yep. with these characters. <laughs> oh, you know, there's a, a Gintama, which is, a, a you know, obviously a long-running manga yeah. and anime series. Sirachi is a big tokusatsu head, and uh, one of... Gintama is pretty well known for its comedic title yeah. cards, and one of, one of them is that... Uh, uh, it, one of the longer ones is something like every time a new Super Sentai series comes out, you can't stand it at first, but when it's over, you're sad to see it go, or something like wow. that. That's, that's how it is. You're like, oh, this looks too different. I don't, I don't want to like it. And then it's, by the time it's done, you're like, no, no, my babies. God. <laughs> yeah. But it's good. It's oh good gosh, for yeah. it's it's good to hear you guys say that uh, specifically because build. Um, the, part of the reason I recommended it is because it was not my first, but as soon as it came out uh, and, and I got a chance to watch it, I was like, yeah, this this has become my new go-to recommend to get people hooked. And so every time people say, this is my first, thanks for recommending it, I can't wait to watch a million more, it's like, good, good, because that's exactly what it's supposed to do. This is a, a great entry series. Yeah. Out of curiosity, what was your um, go-to recommendation before Build? Um, so it used to be double cause that was what I was first recommended on. And classically speaking, uh, that's what a lot of people used to recommend and still often do cause double is a, uh, well, I mean the Heisei era went on for quite a while. Fans, uh, quite arbitrarily used to break up Heisei into basically just normal Heisei and what they called Neo Heisei. And that was usually starting with double because the series before that decade was kind of an anniversary series and decade has a lot of time travel shenanigans and like references to other series and again like most toku series you don't actually have to know all the connections but decade really benefits from uh it not being your first i guess i would say uh even though i do know some people who it was their first um but but double was kind of a fresh start you really didn't need to know anything uh and it was a great uh segue kind of demarcation line and that's usually how it is with sentai too like whenever there's an anniversary season I love anniversary seasons, but you're always going to get more out of it if you know all the references and stuff that they're making and why certain callbacks are important. So it's usually better to not start on an anniversary season. So that was why double. And also the, the boys are good. They're great boys. They're good boys. Yeah, speaking as someone whose first Power Ranger um, series was a uh, anniversary episode, um, 
I can relate to that because it's like you can enjoy it just fine, but I mean, if you're mm-hmm. just seven years old watching it because it's what's on Jetix on the Saturdays you don't have school, <laughs> you might miss yeah. out on the um, how shall we say, significance of the Power Rangers mentor figure in that season being Tommy fucking Oliver. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, Dino Thunder. Yeah, yeah. that's a good one. Yeah, no. Another great example of like uh, uh, like it's it, you can appreciate it much better if yeah. you know that background, but you don't have to. Yeah. I mean, the, the, and but, to in yeah. my well, not in my defense, actually, strike against me is they do clarify that he is a former Power Ranger, but, like, if you don't see the specific episode where they bring that up, like, you could totally miss it. Although, we're, we're getting a little bit off topic, but I will say, the, um, I the, I think it's the Battle Within is the name of the episode. There's an episode of mm-hmm. Dino Thunder where Tommy's essentially in his own mindscape, and he has to yeah. fight his previous <laughs> Ranger selves. So, if you want to see an unmorphed, um... JDF fighting the White Ranger, Green Ranger, and Red Zero Ranger, like, just for the hypeness of that, that's your episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a huge, you know, even as someone who, like, I love the Green Ranger, but I'm very so-so on Tommy Oliver, but uh, that's especially because JDF is, is uh, he's a little... Oh, is he? Well, he, he's been here, he's been around for a long time, and he's make that pretty well known, uh, but... I mean, dude's um, basically the fucking Wolverine of classic Power Rangers at that point. I mean, like, the Sony Pictures Power... Yeah. R- Sony Pictures <laughs> yeah. Wolverine of Power Rangers. Yeah, that he's... Uh, yeah. But that's a good season, and I think he actually... Benef- I mean, as ridiculous as it is to cast Tommy Oliver or JDF as a scientist, I think he does well in the mentor role in that season, and I think that's where he's probably at his most bearable is that season so and that's just a good season to, all around to their credit they kind of call themselves out on that in um operation overdrive which is another anniversary series because um mm-hmm. adam the black ranger played by john young bosch comes back and he just straight up has yeah. a line because um the dino thunder yellow rangers in that episode as well and he's just straight up like i still can't believe tommy became a doctor are you kidding me <laughs> <laughs> like even the characters understand that this is a questionable <laughs> writing choice yeah <laughs> I love Johnny Young I mean, to be fair, so We must protect him. Oh, for sure. And to be fair, I think we all have at least one um, high school classmate who we checked them out on Facebook or LinkedIn a little while later, and we're like, really? <laughs> you? <laughs> Speaking oh, of man. questionable scientists, Sento. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. Oh, my God. So, Sento, or is it Takumi? <laughs> or is it Sato Taro? Actually, it's definitively not that one, but... <laughs> yeah, oh, God. I will say, yeah. he's dead. Yeah, if we're going to go through all the characters and discuss them, let's start with Sento and just say there it's so rare, honestly, with most franchises for the protagonist to be everybody's favorite character. But Sento is uh-huh. just such a well-written character. I mean, the arc that he goes through and not just that, but just the way he's so instantly endearing to the audience when he shows up. Mm. Like the kid-friendly mm-hmm. mad scientist shtick, but also like a super egotistical, like knows he's a main character. How can you not love that? <laughs> God, yeah, that that yeah, it's just that swagger that really sells him at the beginning. But he's, but oh my God, um, and even then, like in later episode, I'm I'm just gonna jump around all over the series because oh, for sure. I that's can. fine. <laughs> and uh, so I'm just gonna say one word, and any fan will know what I mean. Yabe. Yeah, yabe. Oh yeah. Yabe. <laughs> like my God, what. I I will always appreciate it when a piece of media could pull off Man of Steel better than Man of Steel, and this <laughs> got the seed where he kills the member of the Hibbo trio. I mean the Hokuto trio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Hokuto trio. Um, we'll get to more. We'll get to them later. But uh, 
it was just gut wrenching because I mean Black Belt yeah. uh, was uh, we watched this over Discord. He he got to hear my reaction to that uh, yeah. as it happened. Yeah, I, and uh, I yeah, my first uh, word was just fuck. Yeah, like you go into that. That was one of those things where it was like, are they really gonna go there? Like that's your feeling the whole fight, and then they go there, and it's like, oh yeah. shit. I mean, like. Going as far as to have your main character use, like, a berserker power-up, which, like, you know, is not, like, a foreign concept to most fans of this type of media, but, like, to have them use a berserker power-up and then have them actually lose control and fully straight-up kill someone and then, like, deal with the aftermath for essentially the rest of the series is a bold fucking move. Yeah, yeah. The, the and that happens so early on. Um, I, I think one of the things that's really interesting about Build is that, you know, as you mentioned before, there's kind of an expected tempo to these things. Um, you know, Zoo Ranger, the, the base for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, uh, had the first, mm-hmm. you know, a season with the first kind of definitive sixth Ranger when he showed up, uh, the Green Ranger, around like episode 17 or something like that. And so a lot of Sentai and Kamen Rider seasons and things like that typically... Uh, somewhere in the, like, 15 episodes, you know, somewhere between episodes, I don't know, 15 to 18 or something like that, you're going to get a new character, right? You know, somewhere around the midway point, the the real villain might get previewed, and then somewhere in the back third, okay, we're really going to start hitting the plot now. Like, there's kind of an expected tempo, but build, um, I would say the, the probably those first five episodes alone are just, like, the pacing is, like, relentless. Yeah, and it's, Even as someone who yes, had seen oh quite a bit of tokusatsu before i was like all right i know what i'm in for i was just like whoa okay we're just we're cooking and stuff like the the death of of one of the hokuto trios like that that sticks with that really is a, a lasting mark in yeah. the series and sento's arc and stuff and it was just like it was really nice to see uh pacing wise and writing wise that stuff carry through in a way that doesn't always happen in every season yeah I mean, the pace picks up really rapidly. I think I remember messaging you after I finished the eighth episode. I was like, wow, this is escalating way faster than I expected. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. to put it in perspective of how quickly the series escalates, um, the plot twist revealed that Sento is actually um, Katsuragi Takumi happens in like mm-hmm. the 14th or 15th episode. That's less mm-hmm. than a quarter of the way through the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a 49 episode series, folks. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that you're okay. Yeah, you can see a twist like we know there's going to be some kind of twist like that, yeah. but it happens so early, yeah. and I think a lot of people, in fact, complain that build starts so strong that it's almost it's almost hard for it later on to keep kind of the same momentum. But uh, as a longtime fan, it's really hard to overstate the the mark those early episodes make because they're just yeah they're moving it up. You're like okay, I'm gonna get. 10 or so episodes of just Monster of the Week stuff because we got to meet the characters. Who, yeah. who are the cast members? And it just doesn't give you any room to breathe. Nope. It's just like, no, we're going. <laughs> speaking of early episodes and impactful moments, um, you mentioned this is a writer war series. And, you know, most common art series have more than one writer. And I, I guess there's usually one that's like the designated um, sidekick or, you know, sort of the Nightwing secondary to the writer. series. Yeah, so, there's always a secondary writer. Or I shouldn't say always, but a secondary writer has become quite common. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, so I mean, talking about like who honestly might be one of my favorite common writers ever, Banjo Ryuga. Yeah, um, Banjo Ryuga. Yeah, ah, yes. yeah, a falsely convicted, um, escaped mer- felon, um, out to prove his innocence and maybe along the way learn to become a hero. And my mm-hmm. God, just his character arc as well. Just him going from, you know, not a bad person but still very self-serving and essentially, you know, 
getting his powers and then learning to care enough about other people to use them to protect them mm-hmm. is just such a mm-hmm. well because I mean I think the idea of you know with great power comes great responsibility is such a common trope in superhero stories obviously but like usually the superhero figs- figures that out pretty quickly it takes mm-hmm. Bonjo a while after he becomes a common writer to figure out the whole defending people thing like his main objective for a while is proving his innocence yeah yeah it helps him exactly. that he's a complete himbo, though. It keeps him from getting too <laughs> unlikable. Yeah. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's also part alien, which is cool. Yeah. And I mean... His... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just real casual. Yeah. Like, Any way, other series an throwing that plot twist in, I've been like, oh, come on, really? You're just running out of ideas. But, like, again, it's execution that matters, and learning that at that point in the series, like, immediately when it becomes relevant, hits in just the right way. Because mm-hmm. if you had learned that, like, 12 episodes earlier, I don't know that it would have had the same impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it was honestly, it, it, it was still properly built up. Like, they, they, they left a lot of room for interpretation or a lot of room to breathe or a lot of room to speculate, really. It, is yeah, early I mean, it was clear because, from the beginning yeah. there was something special yeah. about Bonjo anyway, yeah. And I right, mean, right. yeah, the build-up to his first transformation sequence and then that payoff is literal goosebumps literal goosebumps yeah. and then he comes out with one of the best common rider suit designs in the whole series yes the i cannot remember common rider cross yeah. wait cross z yeah common rider cross or, cross z How, I, I thought you were talking about the mag one the, <laughs> we're gonna have to talk about suits later but yeah but it, it's it's interesting i guess to talk about uh the suits for banjo because like it's such a it's such a strong season for suit designs yeah. that I think a lot of people would probably say like on the net I think Banjo probably has the worst suits like on the whole even though his suits are all really incredible it's like I mean, his, this, the yeah. competition's really yeah. stiff in this season his only really bad um, suit I mean not even bad but like compared to the other suits in the series I think was like his second suit from the Splash Driver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Crystal yes. Pepsi one. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. Crystal Pepsi's yep. a little yep. weak. I still like it, but it is kind of it, his weakest. Yeah. I love his magma suit. Oh, his the magma suit. The, the one's like ha 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 ha. Oh, oh yeah. man, that. Yeah, oh, it's suit. also such a good like earned power up too. Like his first transformation into that one when he brings out the insert song. That's mm-hmm. insane. Which that's another mm-hmm. quick aside. All the music for this series is top tier. Like especially in the later part of the series where you start getting insert oh, for songs sure. for characters. I mean, it's just. Like, that shit has been permanently added to my playlist all the time now. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's how it Hell goes. Yes. Yep. And that's one okay. of those things that I think a lot of, you know, especially if you're used to media that has transformation sequences and stuff, um, transformation sequences are really, really great. Anybody, you know, you, you have to get used to them and just kind of understand that, like, it, it's par for the course. But what's so exciting about transformation sequences, and I'll go on about this, all day long is that they're you know they're they're a ritual it's just like an opening and an ending it it sets the mood and sets the tone and gets you ready for what's going to happen and then when they mess with those expectations you know they change a transformation or okay and this time instead of standing still they're like running up the stairs right or oh, somebody gets knocked out of their transformation or a cracked yeah. visor happens even just those yeah. little changes are just like <gasps> such big hype moments because they're messing with the well, ritual in some way yeah. and that's really really powerful or someone responds to the announcer voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Which I think that's a good segue to the next character I want to talk about. Yeah. So I- Kazumi. Yep, the third common writer who appears yeah. in the series, common writer Greece, Kazumi Sawatari, who my or boy. Sawatari, who 
Man, this character is... Talking about layered characters, this character is an onion mm-hmm. and a half, and I mean that with the utmost affection. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, at first glance, he's the cool, aloof super soldier that um, the main characters have to fight when the war breaks out. He's the first real rival common Rider to appear. Then it turns mm-hmm. out he's an e-girl simp. We'll get to that character in a <laughs> yes. second. Then it turns out mm-hmm. um, he's not only an e-girl simp, he's actually essentially a self-inflicted martyr for the sake of his friends with a mm-hmm. deep heart of gold. And then it turns out that he's a brilliant cook and a good enough friend that, you know, he's earned the quite literally undying loyalty of all the people around him despite being only 29 years old. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, I want to unpack yeah. that aspect of Kazumi's character a little bit. So he comes along with the Hokuto Trio, yeah. his three um, friends who enlisted with him who are... Basically, their whole thing is they're completely loyal to him because he's their boss on the farm he runs, and they owe him their lives and fortune. So I just want to unpack this quickly, because Kazumi is 29 years old, as he says in the series, which means he was 19 when the Skywall disaster happened. So either he was already in charge of the farm when he was 19, or he became the owner of the family farm very early in his 20s. And somehow, Mm -hmm. despite becoming, you know... Ending up in that position that early on and facing such insurmountable odds with, you know, the dying farmland after the disaster and still dealing with all that. He was such a good enough boss and good enough person that all of his employees, not just the trio, all of them regard him with that level of respect and loyalty that they're willing to literally follow him into a war zone and die for him. Literally. Yeah, and so much of that is showing, not telling, because all of what I said is just extrapolated from things that people say about him. You learn what kind of a person he is long before he actually shows it to you from seeing Mm -hmm. how highly the Hokuto Trio regard him. And I mean, Mm -hmm. yes, like, I can see some people being a little annoyed by his whole, like, um, infatuated with Misora stick, but, like, it's it's not like, you know freaking Mineta or something where that's literally his only defining trait. Right, And, like, also, it's never really, like, only barely tolerated by the rest of the cast. They still give him enough shit for it that he ends up being the butt of the joke anytime it flares up. The running gag where he's he thinks he's speaking in his mind, but it's like, dude, you're see- you said all of that out loud. Yeah. What the hell? How, how <laughs> can you hear my internal monologue? It's very external right now. <laughs> One of the best lines in anything. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and his arc ends up, I think, being one of the most tragic arcs in the series. Because as we mentioned earlier, um, Sento kills one of his friends. And while they do team up later, over the course of the war, he loses all three of his closest friends. And seeing the kind of the spiral mm-hmm. that he takes, trying to find that new purpose for himself, all mm-hmm. leading up to you know his transformation at the end of the series, um, where instead of saying Henshin in response to the Are You Ready chant, he just says you're damn right I am. And, you know, yeah. I honestly, that is one moment that I'm not going to explicitly spoil the full context of because that moment deserves its full gravity going in completely so unspoiled. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, yep. Yeah. And yep. Um, segueing from that to um quickly talk about some of our non-writer supporting cast. Um, oh, we, hell yeah. we do have one more writer to talk we about. We do, but I want to get to him in a second. Oh, you want to talk about... Oh, okay. I want to talk about okay. the rest of the... Um, main cast before we get to him because I think honestly that's probably one of the writers I'll talk about the most um, fair fair so of course you have to have your non superpowered um, supporting cast um, non superpowered bit of a stretch in this case but um yeah and so for reference um Kiryu's base of op- Kiryu Sento's base of operations is fittingly a coffee store which I mean 
to be fair, me going into the series was like, oh my god, all the characters are complete, like, scatterbrains, and their base of operations is under a coffee shop. This is literally all of my favorite tropes rolled up in one. <laughs> yeah, and so, first up you have um, Misora Isurugi, um, who's um, the daughter of the coffee store's owner, who we'll get to in a second. Oy. Yeah, um, and <laughs> she essentially is Sento's, um, almost his guy-in-the-chair-type trope character, um, her whole thing, um, aside from that, is mainly she is essentially a internet idol, um, or as American audiences might better understand, a uh, e-girl streamer, um, which yeah. not in a lewd sense. This is a kids' show, but like yeah. her whole thing is she yeah. gathers information and um, intel for them by just um, asking all of her simp's online to send her <laughs> donations and information, which is just hilarious. Like, hello, yes. all of my simp's, please send us highly classified government information we can use to save the day of this episode. Thank you. <laughs> that's not an exaggeration. Not an exa that's literally yeah. happens in the second episode. <laughs> that's textual. Yeah, and of course, her other bit is that um, as a result of the Skywall tragedy as well, um, she is also wears a bracelet that contains the alien consciousness that grants her some level of um magic powers which includes um being able to purify bottles and essentially create new power-ups for sento to use throughout the series mm -hmm. yeah and she's a pretty cool character because i mean first of all just talk about that actress's acting i think might have been like some of the best acting in this whole series mm -hmm. like, agreed she, yes yeah and i mean the raw emotion that she puts into all of her scenes is Again, it's one of those things where I watch is like, this is a kid's show? This feels like yeah, I should, like, be paying ten bucks for a movie ticket to go see this. This is intense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Misora, since she doesn't get to do really any fight scenes, she really ends up becoming one of the emotional anchors for the cast. And some of the best, I think, you know, non-fight scene um, dialogues come from the other common writers sort of coming back to the coffee shop and just, you know her being the sounding board for them with, you know, all their traumas going back and forth and her being the one who kind of has to remind them every now and then that, you know, you, you're fighting for the greater good here and you have to kind of push through to that and seeing how she kind of, you know, is beaten down about as badly as any other character despite not having any fight scenes and still manages to provide that level of encouragement and you know, resol resolve for the other characters, I think, is really mm. makes her character stand out so much more because of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And oh my gosh, to get to just speaking of emotional high points, the scene where she's possessed and Sento has to fight her, and it's just like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh God. Because uh, this was after the, the Berserker scene where he killed one of the Hokuto trio. So the whole time you're thinking to yourself, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Oh no. Because that's on yeah, the table, man. right? Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. When you have a the hazard form kill someone in its first appearance, you have that mm -hmm. on the table every other time it shows up. That's yep. how you set up a threat. God, yeah. right? Yeah. Speaking then, of a threat. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I was going to say, um, one more um, non-powered character who um, yeah, yeah. really brings an emotional core to the group is um, Sala. I can't remember her last name, but um, yeah, Sala is the other um, non-powered member of the main cast. And aspiring, intrepid uh, freelance journalist who um, meets yes. up with the group by yeah. figuring out Sento's identity and convincing him to let her do an article on him to help his publicity in exchange for, you know, her hopefully getting her big scoop that helps her um ascend the ranks of journalism and 
Of course, she has her own tragic backstory that gets unpacked over the course of the series, but mm. early on, she provides mm. a lot of comic relief from being kind of like the one normal person chasing around all the fight scenes, but... You know, she has utility through um, information gathering as a journalist and, again, provides not just exposition, but um, an emotional sounding board for a lot of the other characters, especially as her dynamic with the group changes um, as her backstory mm -hmm. comes out. God, and boy, does it does the dynamic change. Oh, my God. Because yeah. that was the the reveal of her backstory was one of the many earlier things that hooked me to this show because i just thought to myself you know what in a lesser show she would have just been well the guy in the chair yeah and just we right. would we probably we probably would have only seen her at the base of operations never out in the field right. and mm -hmm. the minute the more we got of her the more we got of her backstory she quickly became my favorite female character like yeah of course that's a hot, tall order because no, that's not taking any, anything away from misora but yeah. Sawa is my personal favorite, just for yeah. the way she's treated and the way she is. Yeah. And I think something that, in general, helps, I think, builds cast, well, not helps, but really, you know, helps the dynamic work so well, is that most of the characters are grown adults. Like, I think Misora's the only yeah. main character under the age of 20, and even then she's, like, 19. Right, right. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And the, the cast feels, uh, even, you know, whether it's... Uh, uh, a writer or a side character or what have you, even the, you know, the Hokuto trio or what have you, the, the cast generally feels like it's treated very well. Uh, you don't really feel like a lot of characters get like just completely shoved aside or that they don't get their moments or what have you. Um, obviously, of course there's, there's things we change or, or what have you, but it doesn't really feel like the show is uh, squandering anyone or exactly. mistreating them, I guess. Like you, you, you don't feel like they're like, Oh, this character is just one note. Um, even the characters' single notes get a lot of attention, so oh it's, it's a really it's a really great season um, that really manages to balance a lot of big personalities. Like you would think, some of the characters they would maybe tone down because there's already so much going on. There's already so many characters to track, but there are a lot of characters, a lot of personality for all of them, and they have a lot of richness and backstory that like it's just like it's really impressive how all that gets done in a. 22 minute show for children right oh yeah <laughs> yeah like and i'm not, I'm not gonna go into too much detail about this but everything again everything you said i think the perfect encapsulation of that is utsumi oh yeah because mm -hmm. yeah you talk about side characters who who are just never one note this guy gets literally mm -hmm. shot off of a bridge and he still comes back to have one of the <laughs> biggest scenes in later on mm -hmm. in the series oh, yeah. which again yeah which again i, I, I kind of want to leave something for people to yeah spoil what it is but you gotta, yeah like you don't want to reveal point. all the plot points but at the same time like right. even if you knew all the plot points the way in which the you know execution counts too Absolutely. and the execution here is so good yeah. that, like even yeah. if i watched it again it would still have that same resonance yeah. i think it's a really well done season and i think yeah, one exactly. one guy i really want to talk about next then is um gentoku himuro who yes begins the series as a um government official who is initially sento's boss but we also learn very quickly is in fact um, the villainous Night Rogue, and then mm. later on promoted to Common Rider Rogue. And I mean, I'm going to say this right off the bat, possibly one of the most well-executed redemption arcs I've seen in anything. Like, so good. I mean, Absolutely. So good. I, I think Absolutely. the one what sells his redemption arc for me is that it's not like he suddenly becomes good and starts working with the main cast. Like, they start working together because their goals align, and he has to 
earn every bit of trust that he gets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there's a mm-hmm. point where they very explicitly say, you're working with us, but some of the things you've done have not been forgiven. And he just has to bur- carry that burden throughout the end of the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what also helps, though, is the fact that he has a terrific suit. Common Rider Rogue is such a great okay. suit. Yeah. Like, He's I'm going to forgive favorite. a lot of sins. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but... you, you show up with possibly one of the best suit designs in a series that contains a lot of the best suit designs. Yeah, a lot can get <laughs> forgiven very quickly. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm willing okay. to round up on his behalf. And I uh, <laughs> just, just it, all, his little comedy bit with the shirts and oh, stuff yeah, like that sure. is... <laughs> yes oh and, my God. and talk about great <laughs> acting like everybody in this show is a phenomenal actor but gentoku especially just portraying a character who is constantly on the edge and the occasional mm-hmm. dips onto either side of that edge is just it's it is campy but in a way that has layers to it i'm saying layers a lot but there is For real sure. depth to gentoku that gets really well thoroughly explored throughout the series Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. And I think a big part of it is that his fundamentally his core values do not change throughout the entire series. It's just that right. the way he goes about doing it uh, changes because God, the, you, it's like one of those that Simpsons was like you could uh, you could uh, see the moment where his heart breaks here. You could see the you could. <laughs> You can see, but here it's more like you can see the moment where he realizes though what he that he needs to be a good guy now. And you can see the, the moment where he realizes yeah. he still has a heart. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and because, I think yeah. I think it's quite I think it's quite masterful. I guess because like you were just saying that he, it's a really good redemption arc, and it's not really so much that he gets redeemed and like a, oh I forgive him and everything he did did is justified, but so everyone in the cast has to make certain sacrifices or make some horrible decisions or has blood on their hands in some way. It's it's not really so much that Gentoku is redeemed in the sense of like, ah, well, we can cross out all the bad he's done. It's just that everyone ends up doing some horrible things or making some tough decisions. And so his softening doesn't feel... It feels earned because they're ultimately a very flawed cast. None of them are really perfect um so it it, it works really naturally ultimately by the end you do end up with a cast of pretty thoroughly broken people who in spite of Mm -hmm. their flaws and sins are trying to save the world and i think that's what exactly yeah which i think is what part of the charm of the series comes from is especially with a lot of moments near the end is um you know these are all people who have done or end up doing terrible things over the course of the series a lot Mm -hmm. of times in the name of the greater good but right. through it all, they manage to find each other and become a found family. And I mean, there's a moment in like one of the last episodes before like the characters know they're about to go into the final battle and they have a cookout oh, the on the barbecue. rooftop of the building and they're setting off fireworks. And it's just that episode. Yeah, just, there's it's just <laughs> it's so sad because, you know, they're going that they know they're going into their final battle. But it's that in spite mm-hmm. of all of this and, you know, there have been moments all throughout, but just the, even in this moment, they found time to be a family, and, like, there's so, so much of the comic relief just comes from the characters bouncing off of each other's insanity, which, <laughs> again, I want to say the comic relief in the series works so well, I think, almost because the comedy is such much-needed breaks from the direness of the later episodes, but mm-hmm. it, it very uh-huh. rarely feels forced. Like, a lot of comedy in children shows also sometimes feel like, okay, that was a little immature, that was a little, like, low-hanging fruit, but... 
I mean, the comedy is generally very, you know, welcomed when it rears its head. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, going back to what we said about everything about Gentoku and his new outfits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. If you're a fan of the trope of the villain on his off days is actually not that threatening, Gentoku is the guy for you. <laughs> and that's oh, all God, I'll yes. say about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, if we're talking about villains and being threatening and comedy, I mean, are we ready to go on to this guy, or is there anyone else we oh, need we to discuss? Are. All right. Oh yes. D- Oh, God, yes. Yeah, so when I said that there are some things you can't talk about without spoilers, this guy is a walking, talking, dancing spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... Well, he goes by many names throughout the series. Um, Soichi Isurugi, Bloodstock, Kamen Rider Evolt. Um, I prefer to call him by his fandom moniker, You Motherfucker. <laughs> um, this guy is just fucking Thanatos tier planning like Keikaku Dori is mentioned more in this show than in some Death Note meme groups I've been in uh yeah yeah well, like, with, like he is essentially um the alien entity that came down with the Pandora box to try and destroy the world and nearly everything that happens from the first episode is something that he engineered in order to complete his master goal. Everything from Sento's amnesia, Bonjo being framed for murder. I mean, everybody's character arc in some way ties back to him, I think. Oddly enough, except for Sawa, now that I say that. Oh, yeah. He's a, he's a really impressive villain in terms of the way in which he continues to surprise, and I think the um, the fact that he's kind of there from the beginning and you keep getting, um, uh, you just sort of keep getting, learning more about him rather than, th- there is a thing where, you know, it's, this is common in a lot of media or whatever. It's like, oh, well the, the true villain shows up in the last two episodes or whatever. And I don't know, like it, this is such, he's such a strong villain. He's got such great suits. He's, there's uh yeah, I don't know. There's really nothing nobody else quite like him he's such a big personality um and it's one of those things where i always know when a character has really hooked me when i they change how i think about something very common uh in my own life and of course the word chow is now which is a very oh. uh, which is just the you know an italian word that doesn't come up often but every time i hear it i just hear chow, chow. <laughs> <laughs> i i hear it in that kick i can just see it in my mind's eye so yeah. I think it's worth mentioning <laughs> that part of what makes Evolt, I think, to your point, such a good villain, as you mentioned, usually there's a true villain or, like, arc villain throughout the series. Evolt is present throughout the entire series, and I think mm-hmm. what actually makes him interesting mm-hmm. is, um, actually, Parish illustrated this very clearly mm-hmm. when we were watching, is, um, when Bloodstock first shows up, Parish's reaction was like, oh, yeah, so I'm guessing this guy's gonna be, like, kind of our first act mini-boss type thing, because... When Bloodstock right. shows up, the assumption is that Night Rogue is the main villain that we're dealing with, and even his suit is a counterpart to Night Rogue's, so they seem at mm-hmm. least to be equals. But within a few episodes, it becomes clear that Bloodstock not only has his own agenda, but it quickly supersedes and ousts Night, St- Night Rogue's own agenda, and he becomes the big bad. And mm-hmm. fr- from the rest of the series, and even as he you know goes back and forth between the stock, Isurugi... Evolt, whatever you want to call him, he's just consistently so. I think what makes such an interesting villain is that 
with a few exceptions, he's always so sure of himself. And, yeah. you know, with him initially being the coffee shop owner, he has the added, you know, a, what's the word? The added gravity of being the former mentor figure for the characters and a constant feeling of, like, mm-hmm. everything you are, I made you. I know you better than you know yourself. How do you expect to beat right. me? And it's to the point that... <sighs> There are points in the series after he's an established villain where Sento still goes to him for advice, even though he's the reason yes! for what they're fighting. Oh. He still has to go to him because who else can he go to? And I think that's what right. makes him such a vil- great villain is you hate him, but, like, you can't deny, like, that he is needs to be there almost. Right. For sure, yeah. Right. Right. And that, I guess that, like, that sense, especially because the, the um the the sort of uh, the home base coffee shop thing, which is a a, a common trope in yeah. a lot of superhero stuff, but but especially in Common Rider, um, the fact that he's the villain from the start, and then you real like even their safest space, even their 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 sanctum has been uh, you know sort of invaded from from the word go. It's uh, yeah, it's really intimidating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and. Yeah, so speaking of character dynamics, though, um, we're going to talk about uh, Sento and Banjo. You mean the unambiguously gay duo? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> granted, we talked about this a little bit, but I mean, I'm not sure how intentional it is, but it does feel like, you know, Sento and Banjo ostensibly are best friends and, like, the partners, but, like, they literally refer to each other as the best match throughout the series multiple times, a moniker usually reserved for various power-up forms, but, like, you know... Yes, they're very close friends, but also, like, there is definitely, like, a much close... Like, it could easily be read as a romantic connection between the oh, two of them. yeah, a hundred percent. Like, the, I mm-hmm. mean, there's a... There's a, um... Let me see if I can find it. Uh, no, y- y'all keep talking for a second, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you a meme yeah. real quick. <laughs> no, like... Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the way I pitch this character dead. dynamic to, um, other people is essentially... And this is from the summer movie, not in the main series itself, but... There is a scene where Sento is standing out in the pouring rain without an umbrella, waxing poetic about how important Bonjo is to him personally, while a music box version of the main theme plays in the background. There's no heterosexual explanation for that. <laughs> That's none whatsoever. For. Dang it. Oh, there it is. <laughs> let me, let me, sorry. Yeah, let me find okay, it. Um, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the fact that even this, again, we're going into spoiler territory here. I mean, they basically sacrifice the world for one another. Yeah, um, I mean, their, you know, their love language is just reckless self-sacrifice for the other's sake. Their entire yeah. dynamic yes. is just a constant game of who can sacrifice more for the other's happiness. And they say as much multiple times in the series. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah. Uh, I mean, their final win, form win. is literally the two of them combining. Yeah, let me find here. I, I just found that I'm going to send it in the Discord. But yeah, uh, Banjo was, was frequently referred to as a bisexual icon uh, by many fans uh, yes. <laughs> when, when the series was airing. Um <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's the I guess that's another thing that's uh, important to understand about Common Rider is that uh, in the the modern space, uh, Toei very much uh, at least it, it it perceives its demographic to be um, the young children watching the show and their mothers who are watching it with them. So if you're here for uh, handsome fellas uh, spending time with one another, that is in ample supply, I would say. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. send you to a promotional image. This is this is an official. Promotional I think I know image. which one you're talking about. Yep, I knew it. My uh, God. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like, look. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. You, 
It's not even subtext, folks. Yeah, it's not subtext. <laughs> it's the highlighted text for sure. <laughs> Underlined in red. For those of you who are listening who can't see this, what we are looking at here is Bajo and Sento are on other opposite sides of a wall. And, and yeah. like clasping one another. Okay, kind of like a certain <laughs> Shakespearean play. The name escapes me at the moment, but they all. Sento is holding Bonjo's biceps. As Bonjo like reaches up and has him grabbed by the shoulder, they're looking yearningly into the camera. Yes, exactly. Yeah, like that, we this... like we caught them in the middle mm-hmm. of something. It's, yeah, it's very th- much like oh you're oh you're here. Uh. <laughs> This this looks like the cover of uh, of the kind of fanfic that uh, made us not use our show's initials to promote it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a uh, it again, it's not I wouldn't even call it subtext. Yeah. It's hard to call yeah, it subtext no. when when this exists. Yeah. It uh, is straight up that uh that seed for community where Senior Shag is just like, "Ha! Gay!" But positively. <laughs> positively. But positively, exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It no, it's great and I I mean, I think that's one of the things about uh, I mean, obviously the show, I don't know, you know, they, they don't ever smooch on screen or anything, but it's hard to call it sub. I mean, they, they know what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> they know they're putting that Historians would say that they were the very best of friends and spent the rest of their <laughs> lives together. Uh, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the ending we get oh, for them. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, they, they sacrificed the world uh, to, to be with one another. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah. what else can you say? Uh. <laughs> what can you say except fellas? Yeah, fellas. Fellas. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. Oh, man. man. And I mean, we've talked so. I think it says a lot about the show that it's tokusatsu, and most people think of it as like action scenes with you know a pretty loose plot. But we haven't actually talked about the action much this whole time. Oh damn, no, we really no, haven't. Yeah, I mean, um, what is there to say other than the fight choreography is just masterful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially the the whole b- final boss area of the screen where they're of the of the series where they're just fighting their ways up through the different levels. Oh yeah, they straight up game of death the finale, and it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a show that uh, you know, Common Rider has a lot of hot blooded yell boys, and if you're just there for the character drama and the cool suits. You know, you're certainly going to be satisfied with what Build is offering you, but um, it's also got really great action. Um, and you know, Toei has uh, these suit actors. It's definitely an art and and a skill to be able to make these um, rather ridiculous suits uh, make the fight seem convincing and have weight and uh, a sense of importance and impact to all the attacks, uh, especially when you know quite often they're flying through the air with laser beams coming off their feet. Uh, but mm-hmm. the fights in build really have stakes and are really well choreographed. And um, just the, even the sense of how they fight um, is really brought through. And I, I, I can't compliment uh, Toei's team enough. They just, the suit actors and stuff are just, it's really impressive watching them do what they do um, and convey these characters when it's not the actor's actually inside right so spoiler alert yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah sorry to spoil the illusion there kids but uh you know, yeah. your favorite power rangers were never in a suit for a single fight scene yeah right <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, the, the fights are really great. All the, the character attacks and stuff are, are really exciting to watch. Of course, everybody's got their favorites. I'm very partial to uh, uh, Kentoku's uh, The Kamen Rider Rogue, the big cracking, the crocodile. Oh, the yeah. crocodile, uh, yes. Yeah, crocodile Rogue, like the big clacking <laughs> jaws, cracking, 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 cracking. Oh, it's such a yes. great effect. I mean, the freaking yeah. like um, horror movie scream at the end of his transformation theme <laughs> song is just the ice on top. So good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... It, just I think the best thing for me is the um splash driver belt um is being voiced by freaking Norio Wakamoto. Like <laughs> the oh, voice boy. of evil terrifying badassness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For God, what was the name of the guy he played in Code Geass? The guy with the huge ass powdered wig. I don't remember. Uh I mean roles that definitely come to mind for him are Vicious from Cowboy Bebop and Mr. Perfect Cell. Mm-hmm. Well, that's be- that's even better than what I was thinking. So yeah. forget my dumb idea. <laughs> oh my gosh. So what? So uh, what? Uh, what are you guys' favorite? So I think we kind of just uh, already got to our favorite suits, but but yeah, mine is actually is the the like we just mentioned, Gentoki's cracking uh, Gentoki Gentoku's <laughs> cracking <laughs> cr- cracking crocodile. One. Like that's my favorite transformation or head sheet if you're a weeb um and it's also my favorite suit design so i guess just to narrow it down a little bit what was your favorite bottle combination like rabbit tank um hawk mm. gatling yeah yeah i know really tough choice like, yeah i mean i'm partial always going partial to rabbit tanks as kind of the base design and i just you know seeing that design is part of what sold me on this show seven grass recommendation i just Love the sleekness of it and the red and blue. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a winning color combination anyway. You slice it, but I mean, I'm my favorite like base best match is definitely um Hawk Gatling just because yeah the first fight scene where it's <laughs> used and just like the gimmick of like flying around with the Gatling gun shooting everything is hard not to enjoy that. Absolutely, absolutely. I think. Oh, by the way, well, we're not going to spoil how the lot the explanation behind what the best matches matches are because that is just. A, yeah, no, that's worth hearing as game. it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think my most underrated, uh, I think the most underrated design is the Ninja Comic one. Because I just... See, yeah, Ni- yeah, Ninja Comic was going to be mine if we're talking about uh, of Sento's forms. I love the mm-hmm. uh, the comic panels on the blade and all that stuff. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a season with a lot of terrific suits. And like you said, even just Rabbit Tank, the base form is so engaging and cool to look at. Um, and I think... It, you have to understand, like, that is a completely valid way to get into a series is to simply look at the suits and go, those suits are cool. I want to see those cool suits. I mean, like, that is that is 100% a valid way to enjoy uh, Kamen Rider, but also Build is a, is a great series underneath all that, yeah. too. I but, mean, at the end of the um, day, they're trying to sell you the action figure of that suit, so... That's kind of oh, it. and it's working. Yeah, it's working, sure, baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm partial mm-hmm. to Tank Tank as oh. well because it's such yeah. a yeah. when he starts like doubling up like Rabbit Rabbit and Tank Tank. Yes, um, Rabbit Rabbit is honestly my personal favorite. But yeah, yeah, there's so there's so much fun going on with the you know and the the combiner gimmick, uh, throwing together two suits is uh, certainly nothing new for Tokusatsu. Again, double right. uh, mm-hmm. was pretty famously mm-hmm. big on that. Um, a lot of Ultraman series do that too in a kind of different flavor. Um, but I mean, the series has a lot of excellent suits, and all you can—I think—all you can really say is that, okay, some of the suits aren't up to the same caliber. Maybe, yeah. But in terms of in terms of being designs which are are really exciting to look at, but at the same time don't. Um, the season before this, X Aid uh, had some um, 
uh, is another season that I'm, I'm a big fan of, um, but a lot of people were sort of, I guess, dismayed by the suit design because there are times when it's really, really out there and weird. Um, the, it, that has a video game. They're literally video game doctors curing the gamer virus, which is just terrific. Wow. Topical. Yeah. They, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, they level up their suits, and the level one suit designs are these kind of like waddly fisher price people like potato suits (laughs) that are really kind of big and chonky and like i have a i'm a big fan of them but i also understand why a lot of people think they are like hideous and a sin before god like i get it (laughs) i'll I'll (laughs) fully admit i legitimately dig x-aid's base um i think it's like the level two design like that's his main like i guess rabbit tank equivalent like once I get through Double and Fours, uh, or Forza, however you say it, like, I'm probably going to jump to X8, because mm-hmm. I, I, honestly, I kind of dig that show's whole aesthetic. I know that it's really out there for some people, but it's out there in a way that I can get into. Yeah, I I think if you if you give it a chance, like, the X8 suits will just, like, really, really uh, resonate with you. Like, man, they're, they're, they're super weird. I absolutely love them. I eat those up. But, but the Kamen Rider build suits, to get back to that, are... Very, very good while still being pretty recognizably common Rider suits, which, you know, I will I will admit that the X-8 suits are sometimes so out there that they don't feel like common Rider suits, so I get that complaint. Yeah, but but I, I always <laughs> appreciate experimentation within a long-running franchise, even if it doesn't always mm-hmm. pay off. Yeah, yeah, it definitely... X-8, X-8 takes a lot of risks, uh, top to bottom, but um, Build... I f- it's weird, because Build doesn't really... I don't know how to describe it. It doesn't really. It's not a safe series, but I don't know if I would call it. It, it plays. Either. It like plays it, on a lot of established tropes, but in like it puts a very modern spin on them. Like going mm-hmm. back and watching Double and O's, which again, those shows are from about ten years ago. Even then, I could see a lot of you know elements that got brought back and build, but I can also appreciate how Build had a much more, I guess, more modern take on it. It built on them. Hey, oh, if guy, we're talking yeah. about um <laughs> underrated or underappreciated suit designs, I'll say one that mostly like it was appreciated enough that it became a meme, but I think it only shows up once in the show. Um, the smartphone wolf combo where he literally has a giant. <laughs> smartphone as a shield is just and then the shield gets shattered when someone does a rider kick to it i mean i i want to believe that they just i mean no the fact that they built the smartphone prop for that one fight scene alone just makes my heart sore this is why i love tokusatsu yeah yeah uh no i would agree one of the reasons that other than it just being a really really good season one of the reasons i recommend build is because i feel like it's modern it, it is both a modern series, but it's playing on with in a lot of the same spaces that a lot of classic series do um, because of the whole, like, again, human experimentation and secret organizations and, you know, am I a weapon? All that stuff is there while at the same time it has a modern look and aesthetic and modern design sensibilities. So it's like it's a really good litmus test, I think, for the various um, series that have come before it. And I think it's very easy to watch build and then go okay i liked this part or that part where can i get more of that and there's probably a season that will you know accommodate you if you will um so so that's what i what's one of the reasons that i like it again on top of it being a really really good season um Mm -hmm. that's a it's a good litmus test for like what you might also enjoy uh in other seasons as well yep yep also once 
one small thing that I really loved about the series is that it, it established that all the transformation effects are in fact diegetic. Oh That's yeah. That's why they... <laughs> everything that the belt, everything, all the sound effects is all coming from the belt. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and great belt voices with lots of real catchy oh, yeah. uh, phrases and stuff this season too. It's a, it, it's a yeah. fun, it's a really good series. It's just really great to watch mm-hmm. and enjoyable and... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Although, watch Common Rider build. Yeah, my my one criticism, my one criticism is that when they would all transform at the same time and they would all just start uh, talking at the same time, it kind of got kind of irritating. But oh, oh man, you're not ready for the movie crossovers then, because I've seen some clips of those team up the <laughs> oh, transformations. God. It's like if you when you're a kid, if you had a bunch of like you know press the button, try me action figures, and you ever threw yeah. them all down the stairs oh, once God. as a kid, like. <laughs> It's yeah. <laughs> it's everything all at once, all the time, happening so much. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> all the things. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Yeah. So, oh, but yeah, yeah, we're really pushing people to watch the show. Um, Grant, would you like to not tell people where they can't not watch this show? Hmm. Wink, wink. Well. If possible, like in whatever way you think we could get away with. Yeah, well, the Toei ninjas uh, and their assassins are 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 out and about right now. Uh, so we we have, uh, I guess, to put it into perspective, uh, in many ways, um, Tokusatsu is about ten years behind in terms of availability uh, compared to, say, uh, anime. Like if you're an anime fan, um, so we're still heavily reliant on torrents and things like that, particularly with Common Rider, which has often struggled. Uh, to have any kind of legal base, um, the the legal seasons that you can watch um, would be at least a, as of recording um, the original Common uh, Rider, the OG Common Rider from seventy one, and Common um, Rider Kuga, which was the uh, two thousand series, which sort of brought the series out of uh, a long uh, dormancy, are both on VRV. Uh, and I think there are a few others that are floating around now. Like, I think Ryuki's out, but there was some issue with the subs. So technically, there's nowhere you can legally stream it. Um, and sadly, many of the uh, subgroups, due to getting some cease and desists from Toei, uh, are currently uh, in hiding. Uh, so I actually don't know who is or is not still up or offering it, but it is out there. Uh, and I pray, uh, without ceasing, that one day everything will be available for people to watch. <laughs> yeah, which is, yeah, um, we could only hope. Yeah, Toei's marketing of Common Rider is in a weird place where they have official channels for advertising the merchandise, but no a- official channels for being able to watch the shows yeah. they're selling you the merchandise from. Yeah, and that's really, really bizarre. I mean, I get weird. it, it's a licensing yeah. thing, but it is a little disappointing that you can't watch the stuff to sell the because like i have purchased common writer things now that i have seen the shows so like <laughs> you know i, I, I like pl- please and it, thankfully um many uh, uh of the um super sentai seasons are available now through shout factory um quite a few of those uh, are available but um it's still uh, hard to watch common writer uh, so there are ways. I'll tell you there are ways, but it is uh, it is a challenge. I will say though, um, you know, with the more I guess progressive or you know knowing what I know now about the whole process of adapting Tokusatsu into American productions, like with Power Rangers, and knowing more about what is lost in that air quotes translation process, 
Um, mm-hmm. Even with that ca- caveat, I will say it is still really disappointing that America has failed multiple times to get Common Rider adaptations to um, catch on here. Especially since I feel like mm-hmm. it shouldn't be that hard a sell. It's about badass superheroes riding motorcycles and kicking the bad guys so hard they explode. Which part of that is a hard sell? <laughs> I don't know. Especially in the freaking 90s. Like, that's the frustrating thing to me. They got Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, like, for all of its flaws, and it has a lot. Like, you could do a whole episode on that. For all of the flaws of Mighty Morphin, it caught on and became successful. And then after that, they fucked up Kamen Rider. You know, Mighty Morphin was definitely a right place, right time thing. You know, having that sort of combat saved by the bell in the early 90s, uh, you know, it worked. (laughs) Um, I I think now we are at a place where you don't need to do, like... You know, Power Rangers was, I, I guess, sort of an analogous to Robotech, where it's like, okay, it had its time and its place in terms of adaptation, perhaps once upon a time. But I think maybe it's just time to sort of step aside and let the source material uh, just speak for itself and be available, especially because in this era of the huge uh, availability and excitement around anime and manga and things like that, like, it's pretty clear there's an audience uh, for this stuff um, in its, you know, in its purest form um so i would i would hope that they would just get it licensed and out there but again as it stands they have not really done so um and that's a shame now i I hope toei they seem to be moving in that direction because they have um on their youtube channel on the toei youtube channel there's like uh they have a thing where like all of their pretty much all their properties even their uh you know super sentai and kamen rider being their two kind of big ones but there are a lot of others um, metal heroes and a lot of other kind of one-off things that um, they have up there and they have the first couple episodes subbed for free and then they have all the rest available too but obviously those are unsubbed so I think the idea is they're trying to get people to uh, to license them um, so my hope is that eventually we will see you know the needle move on that front but right now I even hesitate to recommend anybody uh, at least in a public space, because it's like I don't want them to come after them because these subgroups are the only connection we have right now to yeah. this material, and I'd be really sad if we didn't have that. But I, again, I hope one day we have official releases, you know, more, um, again, along the lines of, of Kuga and, and the OG series, because those are great too. Uh, they're obviously a slightly different flavor than the modern era, but they're really good. Mm-hmm. Can I just say, uh, what, was the, what was the name of the actor who played the original Kamen Rider again? Oh, um, you can put me on the spot. Uh, his name, it's with uh, an F, and I can't uh, Hiroshi Fujioka. Fujioka. Okay. Yeah. Oh uh, I just want to get this out there because I want this to be immortalized in the realm of podcasting sound forever. Is that Mr. Fujioka is just one of the walking examples of a 70s chat. Oh, yeah, no, dude was a <laughs> fucking stud. <laughs> me and Black Belt are, um, our brown dude, so we grew up on Bollywood movies. The closest comparison we can get with uh, Mr. Fujioka is Amita Bachchan. So he and Amita Bachchan, they just combined to form the epitome of 70s action movie machismo. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and he really hasn't, like, uh, I think one of the things that's really great about Kamen Rider is that they uh, often on uh, they, they bring the suit actors and the original actors back a lot. So seeing every time seeing him suit up again, even in the modern day, it's there's a gravitas to it. It's it's really powerful. I mean, I guess it would be like, you know, watching 
Christopher Reeves, you know, step in the phone booth one more time uh, on television. It's like, ah, there he is. There's the guy. It's him. You know, it's really, really and great. And that's one thing I love about um, Kamen Rider compared to, like, Power Rangers. Like, And granted, this kind of applies to both Super Sentai and Kamen Rider just because they're, I guess, taken more seriously in Japan. Or at least have a little bit more regard held to them than Power Rangers does, where in America it's kind of fallen off and the scene is kind of like, you know, C-tier entertainment yeah it's definitely not what it i mean even when it was at its height it was obviously like oh this is just for kids but it doesn't really have it's not it's not even like respected as entertainment but like with super sentai and common writer so many of these actors like get catapulted to the heights of stardom from these being your breakout roles but so many of them when they have time still come back for like return episodes or crossover movies which i just i always think that's so cool to see because with power rangers so many of these actors if they do hit it big afterwards kind of like treat it as like an embarrassing thing they did in high school and don't really talk about it or like the actors who do like still kind of own it haven't done much since yeah and i think part of that too is it's the perception um and i guess the different i guess superhero language and clout you know a lot of people feel like there's a whole there's there's a whole other discussion there i guess about how mm-hmm. superheroes are perceived and how they're supposed to act and, and what they do and all that um you know even within american superhero comics and things like that it's like oh you know superman's dumb i like batman who's very serious and it's like uh... listen, listen to yourself like listen to yourself you know <laughs> but this that kind <laughs> exactly. of stuff. There, there, there's, exactly there's there's not there's part of part of what makes tokusatsu so appealing to me um and what made Power Rangers appealing back in the day too. But what what makes it so appealing is it's there is a very there's a lack I wouldn't say there's a lack of seriousness, but there's a lack of cynicism about the idea of superheroes, and there's very much an idea of commitment. Like if this, you know, if this episode is about an evil clown that kicks magic soccer balls at people, we're just going to run with it and we're going to go all the way with it and just lean into these themes and and do so authentically. Uh, and it's really refreshing compared to some of the like, I don't know. I guess the cynical element of a lot of modern American yeah, style a lot of, superhero storytelling. Yeah, a lot of American modern superhero storytelling has really settled into the groove of what if superheroes were real, but everybody just agreed that they sucked, and that was the universal yeah, stories yeah. were happening in. Like, like, isn't mm-hmm. this silly? Isn't this ridiculousness? Like, no one, no one says that about. And obviously, it is ridiculous to have a have someone in like orange and blue who's a gorilla vacuum cleaner or whatever but you just you don't have people textually say it you just lean into it and that's part of what makes it feel uh so engaging is because the at least in text they're taking it seriously and it's really refreshing the fact that all of asento's weapon new badass weapons look like the toy they're trying to sell is never once questioned or made as a joke it is embraced Mm -hmm. for what it is and i love that Mm -hmm. like yeah, like it's often said. I see a lot of times that you know with tokusatsu, you have to like block. People recommend trying to block out that is trying to sell a toy. I embrace it. I'm into it. Oh, like yeah, yes. Yeah, Show me the big yeah. blocky plastic ninja sword that also shoots fireballs mm-hmm. and turns you invisible. That is what I signed up for. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. a huge fan of the episodes where they actually use the toys. Like they'll just like okay. Uh, we're going to have to do this shot. Like, this happens a lot in Super Sentai. Like, okay, in this shot, we've got uh, the robot running, and in the scene, the ranger is standing on top of their vehicle. But, you know, to the viewer at home, you can pretty you can see that's just an action figure standing on top of a toy robot. I'm into that. I think that's great. <laughs> yeah, I think there's, uh-huh. actually, uh-huh. there's actually one scene in Build where um, Utsumi and um, Evol to both have out the... Um, I don't remember what it's called. It's whatever the, um, like, 
gun they use to turn into Bloodstock and Night Rogue is called. Oh yeah, those yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, the um, the the, ste the steam yeah the steam guns. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. both have steam guns out, but um, Evolt has the actual steam gun prop, and Utsumi is using a toy steam gun, so his gun is way <laughs> smaller than Evolt's, and nobody <laughs> brings it up. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whew, boy. All right, I think we've kind of talked the show to death now. Big, but um, yeah. Overall, just we all agree that this is good shit. Uh. Don't not watch it somehow. I'm sorry, I kind of lost the th the comedic thread here. So, but yeah, um, don't yeah. not watch it. But if you do watch it, don't. <laughs> yeah, there, nailed it, nailed it. Right. All right. And um, um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was I was gonna ask one more. Uh, so so I know um, uh, Blackbot, you've talked about uh, you've watched a few others now. Uh, what have you? I guess what are some of the other series that you've enjoyed? since then now that yeah. you're hooked so the only other series i've watched all the way through is common writer o's which i absolutely loved totally very different from build but still has a lot of the same stuff i loved in it um a really bright enjoyable cast of characters um a really mm -hmm. in it also actually has a, a mix and match gimmick for the suits executed differently but still really well and um yeah, I think one of the things in that series that I enjoyed a lot, and we've talked a lot about this, is the character Ankh, who, um, mm -hmm. all I'm gonna say about him is that it is a, it is, you know, speaks to the mastery of the art of tokusatsu, and I'm not exaggerating anything when I say, you know, they managed to make you feel emotionally t attached to a disembodied hand. Like, making a mm -hmm. literal puppet of a hand one of the most compelling characters I've ever witnessed in a show, a kid's show nonetheless, is an act that I think, you know, should be celebrated. And as far as I know, mm -hmm. is by the Japanese side of the fandom, which makes me very happy to hear that. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely speak to the, the English speaking side of fandom that Ankh is got to be one of the most, uh, uh, I guess one of the oh. most popular characters, non-writer characters ever. Uh, Ankh is, if you've seen the show, you're a huge Ankh fan. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. We love our sassy bird. All God. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, and, yeah I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm only two episodes into Double. I'm loving it already. It really, I mean, Grant, you know what I mean when I say it starts off with a bang. Um, mm -hmm, yeah, and mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it's one of those shows, like, like, the characters are very instantly lovable and endearing, but also kind of assholes in a fun way. And it, it's, you know, it's like starting up an RPG for the first time, like, in a series, like... It feels like a very familiar beginning, but you know it's going to go in a direction you're not quite expecting, and I'm really excited to see what that is for Double. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Double, Double's a good starting place. It's also got the... Um, um, uh, the, the, the oh, yeah, it's another mix-and-match series, yeah. Um, and uh, D Double's really good. Um, I think, really, Double's superpower, and it's not really said as much in the show but double superpower is definitely the ability to put in a usb correctly the first time i've never seen another hero with that kind of power um. i will say the one thing that throws me off whenever i'm watching double every time they do the cyclone joker i expect them yeah. to say best match and they don't <laughs> yeah you get used to different calls and stuff now fresh have you have you investigated any others or are you on, on that path or I am on the path. I've just been kind of following Black Belt's reactions on Twitter. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah. I've been really enjoying it. Yeah, speaking of, if you go to my Twitter account, um, I have actually my pinned tweet is a bunch of Common Rider memes, but also in there <laughs> is um my going watch thread for Common Rider Double, where I'll be documenting my reactions as we go. By the way, um, episode two has one of the most explicit this is for kids moments in any Common Rider I've seen. <laughs> Again, people who have watched it know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm officially hooked on Common Rider now and I can't yeah. wait to, you know, make my way back through all of the 20 years I think of content. I think that's out there. More, I think. Yeah, there's yeah, it I mean, yeah. it's been going on like on and off for a long time. Um but uh, I also whenever you're ready for Super Sentai, let me know. I've got my recommendations. Oh man, too. Super a lot Sentai. Of good stuff I'm out ready there. to fucking go like once Honestly, oh, once God, I finish yeah, yeah. Double and 4Z, I'm probably jumping straight into Super Sentai. Good, good. Also, <laughs> 4Z, uh, it, written by the same uh, writer, uh, Nakashima, who did uh, Gurren Lagann. Nice. Uh, so that that's a that's a fun connection there. And once you once you realize that, that connections are like, you're like, oh, yeah, it's this guy. Yeah, this as far as um, <laughs> writer seasons by um, other popular writers, I know off the top of my head, um, Kamen Rider Gaim, is that how you say it? Mm -hmm. Gagaim, yep. yeah, written Deep. by um Jen Urobuchi, also known as Himself. the writer oh. of Madoka Magica. And Thunderbolt Fantasy and many other things. Yeah. And Gaim is fun. That's the the <laughs> the fruit the fruit samurai uh B boy season. That's a fun yeah, one. Yeah, oh the, the way I described that to Parish after like watching the intro and like skimming like the pitch on um Rider Wiki is literally just um Rival dance groups reenacts and Goku era combat with fruit themed samurai powers. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm -hmm. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> what I mean, it if that is. doesn't sell you on the series, I don't know what else to tell you, man. It, it seems pretty clear cut yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you had me sold for the minute you mentioned Get Orobuchi. I'm sure. <laughs> those yeah. those Godzilla movies notwithstanding, we don't talk about those. We all have our off days. Yeah. We all have our off seasons. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we well we we got we all got bills to pay, you know. Sometimes right. you just you turn yeah. in something subpar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what's yeah. Gaim is Gaim is kind of kind of notorious in fandom just because Urobuchi is either a name that draws you in or pushes you away. I suppose. I imagine. But yeah, Gaim. Gaim's look, the the, the beef, you know, like a pineapple headed samurai superhero is a. It's definitely something that makes people go, wait, what, do you, what is this about again? <laughs> yeah. What's yeah. Going on again, about? another thing I love about Tokusatsu, the, having super serious, often violent conversations where the most, at times, ridiculous get up. There's an old adage that goes, uh, uh, Tokusatsu means never having to say, I'm kidding. <laughs> I love wow. that. Wow. I love wow, that. Wow, that is perfect. That is perfect. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. All right. I think that's a good stopping point uh, for this brilliant, brilliant show. Um, so now with the now with our closing moments, Grant, where could the people find you? Well, uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter, making all sorts of the usual nonsense comments that I like to make and, and silly jokes. Uh, you can find me at the Blade Licking Thieves, um, where I review. Uh, films and media and stuff like that with some buddies of mine on the couch. Uh, we like to get together and record. 
and uh, you can find me on the Super Senpai podcast where my buddy Pat and I uh, talk about tokusatsu uh, qu- quite frequently. We have to get together and record here sometime soon. The schedule's been wild. Um, <laughs> we're watching oh, Ultraman man. Mabius right now. And um, you can find me writing for A&N. Uh, I do the, uh, mostly do the weekly One Piece anime reviews, um, but I also write, I'm reviewing, you know, video games and, and light novels and whatever else they want to throw my way. Lindsay likes to keep keep me uh, keep me on my toes. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so those are the main places you can find me. But I'm also here and about and wherever on wonderful shows like this. Like yeah. Oh, thank you so much. By the way, uh, thank you so much uh, to all you listeners out there. To all your listeners who are One Piece fans. Um, as thanks to Grant, send him all of your best Nico Robin fan art, please. Yes, please, please. Yeah. I need it to live. <laughs> I have yes. a condition where if I don't see Robin fan art every ten minutes, I'll pass away. Yeah. So please help. And if you oh, follow, <laughs> if you follow Grant, you know from his retweets, he's not currently in any danger, but it never hurts to be safe. Never hurts. <laughs> oh boy, Black Belt. Where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Black Belt nineteen ninety eight, um, or probably in the Dungeons and Dragons aisle of your local game store, if you look really closely. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram at 404, page not found. <laughs> and, of course, saving best for last. Um, My name is Parish Maharaj. You can find me on Twitter at NobleKind92. You could follow the show at Busted Limes. That's limes like the fruit. And, um, yeah, to all of our listeners... Who have found the winning formula? Thank you for busting alive with us. I'm just jamming out to the opening now. <laughs> So good. It's so good. I don't know any of the words, but it's so good. <laughs>